you know, by the time you have symptoms in your body, that's your body's, you know, breaking point. Because if we were in pain every time we were just below a hundred percent level of function, we would be in pain constantly. So the body is, um, very smart and very adaptable and will take care of itself as long as it possibly can. And it's only when it can no longer, um, take care of itself that it communicates via symptoms that something needs to change. So, um, I like to tell that people that symptoms are much like the oil light in your car. They do, it doesn't happen or alert you until you actually have to do something or you're at risk of causing damage. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotches marmet We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. We hope everyone had a wonderful 4th of July holiday and was able to enjoy time with family and friends, which probably means you went to some barbecues and social gatherings And you may feel like you overindulged a bit or are feeling a little bit sluggish. And we know for many parents out there whose kids are off school, summer is often a really hard time to prioritize your own health and well-being. So to help you, we are kicking off our summer quarterly seven-day functional medicine liver detox. For those of you who have been following us for a while, you know we run these every quarter And we're starting our next community detox on Sunday, July 24th, but really you can start whenever it works with your schedule. And we know that summer can be a more challenging time to commit to a detox with travel plans and social gatherings. However, there are ways to modify it and not do the fasting days and still receive many of the benefits from eating clean and giving your liver some love. So check out the details in the show notes, head over to our website, and of course, message us with any questions. We have a couple more quick announcements that you're going to want to hear about before we dive into today's episode. And the first is a reminder about our new format that we're dropping monthly. It's the Health Transformation Audit episode. And we bring you, our community members, onto the show for a 15-minute experience where we will guide you to identify what's holding you back from your ideal health and wellness and will help you analyze so that you can walk away with a tangible action step. And as integrative health practitioners and health coaches, Marnie and I love doing this kind of work with you. If you're interested and curious about learning more and coming onto our show, check out episodes 121, 126, and 130, where you'll hear from our community members who came onto the show for, uh, for an HTA. And we would love to have you on. So click the link in our show notes to sign up or simply email us at theartoflivingwellpodcast at gmail.com. And then secondly, as we continue to grow our community and hear from more of you that support and accountability continues to be a big driver in what works for you and what doesn't work when you don't have that, we've created this exciting beta group for our community 
And it's called the Art of Living Well Podcast Health Transformation Roadmap VIP Day. I know that's a mouthful. And our first beta event is going to take place online on Thursday, August 4th from 12 to 3 p.m. Central Time. So you'll want to dedicate and carve out a portion of the day so that you can sit down and create your very own roadmap and customized plan to feel like you are calm and you have a clear picture of that path that you need to take in order to reach your most pressing health and wellness goals. And I think a lot of times we just don't give ourselves the this time and space and environment that we need to be successful. So during this live three-hour session, you're going to get live coaching from, coaching from Marnie and myself. You're going to learn from other like-minded participants. You will... Yes, get lots of you know tips and strategies and techniques and really work together so that you walk away with a doable action plan that you are super pumped to start. And we'd love to have you on. Space is very limited because we want this to be a small, intimate group. So click the link in our show notes, head over to our website, which is www.theartoflivingwell.us to sign up. And now I'm so excited to introduce today's amazing guest, Dr. Brianna Tyvey. Dr. Tybee is a chiropractor who is driven to keep people doing what they are passionate about for a lifetime, whether that be performing well at a sport or simply being able to crawl around the floor with their grandkids. In addition to keeping her patients feeling, functioning, and performing their best, Dr. Tybee is fueled by providing wellness-based education in the community. From the importance of nutrition to the impact of stress on health, she believes that knowledge on these topics can create impactful changes in behavior that can change the trajectory of an individual's health. Dr. Tyvee delivers personalized chiropractic care, integrating muscle work, stretching, and rehab into each treatment for a holistic, natural, and effective healthcare solution. I was first introduced to Thrive Chiropractic and Dr. Tyvee over five years ago from my acupuncturist, for muscle-based food sensitivity testing. And I was so amazed by this non-invasive and inexpensive technique that I took my oldest son to have testing done. And both my son and I have regular tune-ups at Thrive with Dr. Tyvee. And even my leery husband has felt the immense benefits from receiving chiropractic care, including cupping. So in today's episode, we really dissect what chiropractors are doing, how they influence our entire nervous system, and Dr. Tybee does such a great job of breaking down what's going on beneath the surface within our spinal cord and our central nervous system. I think a lot of people have heard of chiropractors. Many people have seen chiropractors, and they just go in for an adjustment when they're in this acute pain. And she talks about ways that you can preventatively use a chiropractor so that you can maintain a healthy lifestyle. Dr. Tybee shares how chiropractic care can have a positive impact on reducing the stress that most of us are in on a regular basis, including the physical stress, the mental stress, and the chemical stress, because reality is most of us are spending too much time in fight or flight mode, in a highly stressed out state, and those adjustments that she makes, it's to restore proper motion and function so that the nerves can calm down and really allow our spinal cord and our nervous system to function the way they were meant to. And we talk about ways that she can help children and help with migraines and other physical ailments that people are experiencing on a daily basis. We also dive into the muscle testing for food sensitivity, which is fascinating. 
something that I myself have done a couple times now. And she shares her overall tips to just improve your health and wellness so that you can be doing whatever it is brings you joy for a very long time. We have a special offer that she talks about, so definitely listen to the end if you live in the area, in Minneapolis Twin Cities area. They have a really amazing offer, $25 for a new patient visit, which will include your initial consultation, a comprehensive exam, any necessary x-rays, and your first adjustment. Simply visit their website, which is thrivechiromn.com, or you can call them. 952-746-5612 and just reference the Art of Living Well podcast when booking your appointment. And with that, let's jump right in to this awesome conversation with Dr. Brianna Tybee. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Shield Your Body. Shield Your Body is a company that makes products to shield your body against electromagnetic frequency or EMF radiation from modern technology. Did you know that all modern technology is a source of EMF radiation? Cell phones, laptops, Wi-Fi, even your refrigerator is a source of EMF radiation. And each year, we are exposed to more and more EMFs. There are literally thousands of high-quality, peer-reviewed scientific studies demonstrating clear links between exposure to EMF radiation and a wide range of negative health effects, from anxiety and infertility to sleep disruption and cancer. Fortunately, there are easy ways that you can reduce your EMF exposure right now that cost you absolutely nothing. After reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I stopped using my AirPods, something I used daily for hours sometimes, and have switched back to the old school wired headphones. And for me, after reading the Shield Your Body Guide, I really put my foot down and insisted that my kids keep their cell phones and their laptops out of their bedrooms at night while they were sleeping. And I've been working on Jordan as well. And I think after reading the guide and listening to our podcast, he has finally agreed to do that. So download your copy of a free guide at shieldyourbody.com to start improving your health right now. And be sure to check out our episode number 123 with R. Blank, CEO of Shield Your Body. Hi, Dr. Tyvee. We are so excited to have you on our show today. I Thanks know so much for that, having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I know that Stephanie and her family have been seeing you for chiropractic services for a long time now, and I got to come and visit your studio and have a consult with you as well, and we're just really excited to share with our audience today all about like what you offer, why you offer it, how your services can help people. And I think that to start off, we would love to hear about your journey in a nutshell and how you became a chiropractor and a wellness educator and started your own practice. Yeah. So um, my uh, journey to chiropractic was a little bit uh, nonlinear. So uh, my undergraduate degree is actually in marketing and communications. Um, I, in high school, thought that I wanted to go into something medically related, but Uh, Quite frankly, math and science is not my natural um, inclination, and I uh, tend to do much better with speaking and writing, and so I went into marketing and communications, um, spent some time in the marketing field for about five to six years post-college, but was just um, really unsatisfied with what I was doing and 
just felt like I, it wasn't really contributing to a bigger purpose. And, um, you know, when you're doing something eight plus hours a day that you don't enjoy, it really affects the rest of your life. And so, um, I had spent some time with my mom one night and, uh, the next morning I got a phone call at seven o'clock waking me up. And in not so many words, she basically told me that I had become miserable to be around and I needed to figure out what I was going to do with myself. Wow. Um, so I was horrified for about an hour and then, uh, really started to understand that she was right. And so, um, I knew that I wanted to go into something healthcare related and I had personally had, um, some really positive experiences with chiropractic that had ultimately saved me from a surgical, um, procedure that I would have otherwise had to have. And so I made the decision that that's the route I was going to take. Um, I also felt like people are looking for a more natural approach to health care. Um, so I uh, started taking all of my science prerequisites at night while I was still working in marketing, and that took about two years. And then I went ahead and um, started chiropractic school. And um, once I was graduated, I got a job with um, a clinic with a very established doctor in the community. And um, he does a lot of community outreach and speaking. And so in addition to doing the hands-on chiropractic care in the clinic, I was sort of thrust into doing um, community outreach and um, lectures basically at local companies. And mm -hmm. I think that that really allowed me to marry my background in communications and speaking with um, the healthcare education piece. And I also think that when I get out and speak with people, it gives them the opportunity to get a sense of who I am before they come in and trust me with um, their care as well. Oh, I love that story. I, you know, I don't think I've even heard that before. And I've obviously known <laughs> you for a number of years. So yeah, that that's great. And what a nice way to like marry your different passions and your skills and your strengths into your profession. Yes, yes definitely. So, you know, we know a lot of our listeners out there have heard the words chiropractor or you know, chiropractic care. Yep. And maybe they've even seen a chiropractor, but can you explain to our listeners exactly what this means, like what you do and yeah. what really distinguishes one practitioner from the next, because just sure. like a medical doctor, everyone has a different specialty, right? Yes, definitely. And I love that question because I think um, one of the issues with chiropractic care is a lot of people don't understand what it is we're actually doing. And a lot of people just come in with the notion of us cracking bones, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but really what chiropractors are doing are influencing the nervous system. So um, your nervous system controls every tissue organ and cell in your entire body. And it is primarily comprised of your brain up top with a cord coming down from there and then nerves branching from the cord out into the body. Um, your cord is housed within your spine, which is essentially just a movable bony tube. And um, as human beings, we spend a lot of time doing things that we were not intended to do, um, like sitting for eight plus hours a day. We may have a history of car accidents, sports injuries. Um, we might just have a very high level of stress, which impacts the body as well. And all of these things can cause restrictions in the spine, which is just that movable bony tube. And when we get restrictions in the spine, it has a direct influence on the nervous system because the cord and nerves are traveling through there. So what I like to do is assess the spine for, um, areas of restriction or lack of motion. And then when I deliver a chiropractic adjustment, 
what I'm really aiming to do is to restore proper motion and function into that segment so that the nerves can then calm down and function the way that they um, were meant to. Because when we have that restriction in there, it causes two things in the nervous system. It causes irritation, which can obviously um, result in pain focally right in that spot. But it also uh, can result in interference, which interrupts the proper flow of communication between the brain and the body. So what types of ailments do people usually come in for when they're seeking chiropractic care? Sure. I would say the primary thing that people come in are with, um, you know, musculoskeletal type problems, whether that be neck pain, low back pain, headaches, um, a lot of mid back pain from um, sitting in front of a computer all day long. Uh, but we also have people who come in with things like shoulders, knees, ankles, because really anything um, that involves the movement of a joint chiropractic can address. And um, also lesser known is just that anything that involves the nervous system uh, can also be influenced by chiropractic. So a lot of times we'll get kids that may um, be struggling with focus and attention, and it's because their nervous systems are stuck in overdrive. So we can help influence that as well, um, as well as sleep issues and stress and anxiety as well. So you brought up a couple interesting points, like the yeah. focus... Yeah. and stress and um, anxiety. Mm -hmm. how, how can making these adjustments, um, how can you help with calming the nervous system? Or, yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about stress too. Yeah. But it, it fascinates me to think that like you can make some changes. And I've heard this for parents yeah. out there have kids that mm -hmm. the, their chiropractic care has been integral part and their yeah. children being able to perform better in school, for instance. Yeah. So um, we talked about there being these restrictions in the spine, right, and how they directly influence the nervous system. And one of the biggest areas um, that can affect the nervous system is in the upper cervical spine. And just in the example of children, um, whether you give birth vaginally or through C-section, when the baby is pulled out of the mother's body, there's typically about 60 to 90 pounds of axial pressure put on the upper cervical spine. So that's a lot going on, and that can result in restrictions um, in that C1, C2 upper cervical area. And, you know, when I talk to moms a lot, one of the indicators that I ask um, with babies is, does your baby prefer to breastfeed on one side or the other? And it's almost universally like, oh, yeah, you know, they prefer this side or the other. Well, that's because it's actually just uncomfortable for them to turn their head one way or the other, right? And that's just a restriction in the spine. But you have the most massive portion of your nervous system traveling through that upper cervical spine. And if there's restriction or lack of motion in that area, it's going to cause irritation on the nervous system in that area. And what happens is that it puts the body into what we call sympathetic overdrive, which is basically your fight or flight. It's kind of like having the gas pedal stuck on with your body. So if you think about that fight or flight reaction, it's really a primitive reaction, right? Like if we think back to hunter-gatherer ancestors, it was really about keeping you safe and alive in the incident that you had a big animal running at you and you needed to save yourself momentarily. But the problem is we have that same reaction in the body now, but it's sustained, right? So if we're in that fight or flight, you have to think about, well, if you wanted to downregulate, relax and go to sleep, but you had an animal running at you, that wouldn't serve you very well. And so just like that, but more sustained day after day. Now, if we want to lay down and go to sleep, but we've got this um, fight or flight response going on in our nervous systems, the body doesn't want to downregulate. It doesn't want to relax. It doesn't want to sleep. And it's just an overdrive all the time. 
So if we can identify a specific restriction in that upper cervical spine um, that is causing the nervous system to be irritated in that way, and we can remove that restriction, we also remove that interference and it's like putting the gas pedal on. Um, and it's actually st stimulating the opposite part of the nervous system, which is called the parasympathetics, which allows the nervous system to calm down. Well, wow, that is so cool. I've really never heard chiropractic care described how you just described it. And just, it's multifaceted because I think a lot of people will be like, oh, I injured my back or I hurt yes. myself. I'm going to go see a chiropractor and get an yeah. adjustment. But you just like unpack so much, just really what's, but beneath the surface of it all. Yeah, your, no, definitely. Your nervous system. Well, and I do think so many people think, I mean, I remember going to a chiropractor as a kid, like mm -hmm. a teenager, and I, you'd like walk in and they'd like push on your back and crack it. And it was scary to me. Mm -hmm. It was frightening and it hurt a little bit. And then it was like, you were out the door. Mm -hmm. It's like a few mm -hmm. cracks and out you go. <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, clearly that's not what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean that, and I do like to be clear that, um, you know, appointment times aren't terribly long because delivering this specific adjustment, um, time-wise doesn't take a long time, but it's about identifying the restriction that needs to be addressed. Like we can't have everybody come in and just do the same thing on everybody because people have different, um, different restrictions, different stressors on their bodies. So it's a matter of appropriately assessing what needs to be adjusted in an individual and then doing that in the most effective way for that person. So one thing that I like to tell my patients all the time is that one size does not fit all with chiropractic. And the way that I adjust Stephanie is likely not going to be the exact way that I adjust Marnie. So, um, you know, we need to really identify what works best for every individual person and also be very specific about what areas we're addressing in each individual. Individual. So is there like a typical treatment length of time, both in an office visit, meaning when I come mm -hmm. in, how long am I actually there yeah. from start to finish? And also an amount of like treatment plan, you know, eight sessions sure. or 30 yeah. sessions or. And that's, I, that's a great question. Um, so first of all, in terms of treatment time, the first two visits are typically longer visits and those are 30 to 45 minutes. And that's because we're spending time really establishing what your specific issues are. Um, in the initial visit, what we're doing is I'm going to sit down and chat with you, really find out what's been going on with you. Um, I also really like to find out what's most important to um, everybody and how what they might be dealing with is keeping them from doing what they want to be doing in their life. Because ultimately, that's my goal is to keep you doing what you want to be doing about, you know, for your lifetime. And you know, it says it in my bio, but that really means that for some people, can I crawl around on the floor with my grandchildren? And for other people that I treat, it's participating in four Ironmans over the course of six months, right? So I want to know, you know, what, what motivates you, what fuels you, how is what you're dealing with um, impacting your ability to do those things? Um, and then I'm going to do an assessment that uh, tries to identify those specific areas of restriction, as well as some other um, tests that just help us establish how your body is functioning. Um, we also typically will um, opt to take x-rays. And the reason that we like to take films is to identify, um, were you born with anything uh, that's out of the norm that I should know about before I treat you? 
do you have anything left over from previous accident or injury? And that doesn't have to be something huge like a car accident. It could be that you fell on your butt sledding when you were 10 years old, um, but there's residual structural issues from that. Um, or do you have any damage or degeneration that we should know about? Because those things all contribute to how you may react to care. So we do like to know both functionally how things are working, but also structurally what's going on underneath. Um, and then your second visit is a longer visit as well, because we take the time to go through all of that um, exam and x-ray information with you, really try to explain what the different phases of care look like and um, formally lay out a treatment plan. Um, that said, treatment plans vary based on what your needs are. We always start more frequently in the beginning because um, just like if you're going to go to the gym and start to work out to get some sort of gain, right? If you just go once every couple of weeks, you're not going to be able to make those changes because you need to actually change um, some fundamental underlying patterns, right? Um, but the goal is to always get you to a place of what we call maintenance. And maintenance means given your age, your lifestyle, and anything that we saw structurally going on x-ray, what's the best we can get you functioning and then maintain you there? Now, that means that we're going to start more frequently in the beginning, but my goal with people is always to get you to a maintenance phase where you're proactively getting care um, because then we aren't constantly digging you out of a deficit or a hole um, when something goes wrong. And typically, you're going to get better faster because you're starting with a higher level of care. Um, I kind of like to say it's like getting your teeth cleaned, even though you don't have a cavity. Um, but you know, it's ultimately everybody's choice, how they want to use chiropractic in their life. And I just like to lay out those options for them. Yeah, that was a great overview. So question, what are, can you explain to our listeners, what are subluxations and how do chiropractors identify them and remove them? Yes. So great. Subluxation is the million dollar word in chiropractic. So uh, thank you for bringing it up. Um, so as I was explaining before, I really look to find these areas of restriction in the spine. And that's really all a subluxation is, is it's either some, some chiropractors like to look at it more in a static view of like a misalignment. I approach it much more in a um, motion or a functional way. Um, but really any area of the spine that's causing any sort of interference with the nervous system is a subluxation. And so you identify them and then your treatment plan is basically based on that, how you yes. can remove them. Yes, is that kind exactly. of the, the core of the yeah. care? Yes, definitely. And what I like to tell people too, um, so there's different ways of assessing subluxations. I actually create this sort of map of where they are in your body and which direction they are restricted in. And um, that's something that we can compare side by side down the road. And I do tell people as adult human beings living in this society, I don't ever expect anybody to be perfect or um, perfectly clear in that map of their subluxations, just because we are not living in a way that's totally congruent with our um, genetic code. But the goal is to get you to the best that we can and then sort of keep you at what your baseline or norm is. That makes sense. So what about people that are just trying to improve their wellness and their performance and their mm -hmm. mobility? Yeah. Um, what do you suggest for them? 
Yeah. You know what? In a perfect world, those are the people that I would have everybody coming in in that state rather than um, coming in when they have an ailment. Um, But that's just kind of not the society that we live in. Um, But the way that I sort of explain to people um, when I'm lecturing is, you know, we can see people for chiropractic in two ways. If you are struggling and not doing well and your body's communicating to you that you need help, we can approach it from that way. But if you feel like you're really doing well and you're just looking to really maximize your overall wellness and performance, that's how chiropractic care can be a more proactive approach um, in contrast. And obviously what we're trying to do when we're starting from a more proactive area is to just make sure that we're maintaining you at the highest level of function that we can. So, um, you know, by the time you have symptoms in your body, that's your body's, you know, breaking point because if we were in pain every time we were just below a hundred percent level of function, we would be in pain constantly. So the body is um, very smart and very adaptable and will take care of itself as long as it possibly can. And it's only when it can no longer um, take care of itself that it communicates via symptoms that something needs to change. So um, I like to tell that people that symptoms are much like the oil light in your car. They do, it doesn't happen or alert you until you actually have to do something or you're at risk of causing damage. So if, I I, love- if I'm coming in for maintenance, let's yeah. say I'm feeling fine. I have no ailments, which I'm yep. guessing most people are not feeling this way, but let's say yeah. hypothetically, how, what does that look like once a month, once every six months? Like? Sure. Well, I think there's a lot of factors that, um, come into that, um, maintenance. I would say it, well, first of all, it's different for every person based on what factors you have going on in your life. But I would say it varies between about once a month to once a week. So if I have somebody okay. who's competing athletically at a really high level and wants to make sure that they are preventing injury and performing at their highest level, they're obviously probably going to come in more frequently. Whereas if you don't have those same demands and you live an overall healthy lifestyle, you can probably spread those out a little bit more, but it does, uh, it does have an impact what other things you're doing in your life. Like if you're eating a really healthy diet and you're getting a lot of, um, motion and mobility in your life, you may have a lower level of need for frequency, um, than if you're eating a crap diet and, you know, super highly inflamed all the time and you're not moving your body and you're in a super high stress situation at all times. So, um, we just kind of have to base it on what people's individual needs and circumstances are. And I've noticed personally that that's what I like. I feel like it's almost like quarterly and out now I just, instead of coming to you with acute pain, which I have done before, <laughs> and you've been very helpful it's, I can notice just even when I'm sitting on the floor with my legs that they're out of alignment, mm-hmm. just by the way, like if I'm doing certain yoga poses, even and I'm like, yep, yep. I need to come in and just get my mm-hmm. maintenance. And it's yes. not, I'm not in acute pain, but now I've been listening to my body long enough that yes. I know when it gets to the point, you know, not right before the inflammation right. is like <laughs> screaming at me, which is what you're saying. It's a little bit preventative. Yes. Um, and so I think that's probably the goal right? Like you said, for most people, but then again, you know, sometimes my older son comes in and when he's playing a lot of sports, you know, when he's playing hockey all the time, he's getting beat up. He may need it more frequently during that time period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one, I do, I actually love that you brought up your son because um, I do have a little bit of a sweet spot for um, like middle school and high school athletes. I love working with them. Um, First of all, they, they're motivated and they tend to respond well. But one thing that I really like to um, stress to parents is that 
when you're, I mean, cause these kids have practices and games and plus they're doing all their other stuff all the time. Right. So they have a lot of physical demands on them. And besides taking care of them when they're hurt, one of the best things that we can do to prevent them from being hurt is to get them regular care. Because when you have a lack of proper motion and function in the body, other parts of your body have to start working in overdrive to compensate for them. And that's exactly what's going to set kids up for injury. So if we have kids that are in a high level of activity, um, having preventative proactive care for them is one of the best things that you can do to keep them um, healthy throughout their season. Plus their biomechanics are changing constantly because they're growing and shifting all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you also mentioned that stress can have a huge impact on the body as we all know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Stephanie and I talk about that a lot on our podcast. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can dive into that a little bit and talk about how, you know, your care can impact people's stress. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, so just so you, so your listeners know, that's my number one um, sort of passion topic to um, talk about in my lectures. And um, I just think people know so little about it and it has such a great impact on our overall health. And um, the way I like to break it down for people is to just explain that um, there are basically three types of stress that we experience on a daily basis and that's mental, chemical, and physical, right? So physical is going to be sitting in a chair eight hours a day, not getting enough exercise, results from previous accidents and injuries, all those types of things that are pretty easy to wrap your head around. Um, chemical is what we're putting into our body. So either too much of the bad, which we call toxicity or too little of the good, which we call deficiency. And then mental, I like to say is work relationships and money, but your body doesn't have nice little boxes that it puts this into. It just creates one cumulative load. So if you think about your body being like a three gallon bucket that can only ever hold three gallons, if you've got two gallons of mental stress, like a spouse you hate and a job you hate, you now have one gallon left for all of the physical and chemical before that bucket overflows. So when we talk about the fact that having restrictions in your spine has a direct influence on your nervous system, which a affects your overall stress level. If we can, from a physical perspective with chiropractic, remove that interference and keep the nervous system functioning well, that's sort of like taking some of that water out of the three gallon bucket, which allows you to have more room to take on the other things before that bucket overflows. I love how you said that. And, you know, like Marnie and I said, we talk about stress all the time, but it's almost like a rain barrel. Yeah. But like like you said, and your body doesn't recognize the stress from just sitting in a car in traffic because For you're sure. late to a meeting and true stre- physical stress that you may be undertaking right. because of what, what you're doing or your job or what have you. Yeah. Um, so what, when you work with companies and I know, like you said, you give mm-hmm. lectures and do education, mm-hmm. um, what do you focus on or what do you, you know, how are you able to help those individuals in a group type setting or Sure. Well, what I, um, what I always do is meet with, you know, the organizer of the group, whether it's their HR person or whatever, and just try to get an idea of what their needs are. And that's probably why I talk the most about stress is because everywhere we go, everybody is um, stressed out, but we do have companies that are like, you know, our people are stuck at their desks this long every day. What can they do about that? So then I might tailor it more to a um, sitting survival workshop where we talk about what the impact of sitting 
thinking is how they can change their workstation setups. If they are stuck in a chair this you know long every day, what are some of the external things that they can do, whether it's small dietary changes or mental changes to try to offset some of that physical stress they have? Um, I've also done uh, specific talks just about nutrition. Um, you know, it's really interesting regardless of the lecture that I'm giving, there always tends to be a little bit of a nutritional piece to it. And that tends to be the part where people are the most engaged and have the most questions. Um, and then I've also done lectures for companies that are transitioning their people to standing desks because, you know, it's sort of like, okay, we got these standing desks now what, right? And there is an appropriate and inappropriate way to transition that way. So I really just like to talk to the organizer and find out what, uh, their people need. And then, um, we can kind of tailor it the greatest to, um, what they're looking for. That's great. That, <clears throat> that's a wonderful service that you're offering. In the community. Well, it's, it's fun for me because, um, like I said, it's really a great way for me to connect pe with people so that if I can provide a service for them in the clinic with chiropractic care, they know who I am and what they're walking into um, when they come in. So it's really my favorite way to uh, connect with people. Speaking of connecting with people, yeah. would you mind sharing a story about a patient that you've worked with in the past where your services... Um, just had a big impact on their life? Uh, sure. So um, I've had, I'm trying to think about the one that is the most applicable, but um, I had a mom come in and um, she was having headaches uh, five to six days per week. And when we sat down and talked about how she had been managing that, she, she was in tears and she was just saying, you know, when I come home at the end of my day, I've already been in pain and I've already been so stressed out all day that I've got this four-year-old and two-year-old at home and I don't want to interact with them. And then I feel guilt about not being able to interact with them. And then I just want to shut down and it's horrible. And she's, you know, crying. And then I asked her, you know, how are you managing this for now? And she's like, well, I'm taking around 12 ibuprofen a day. Um, so we did the math on that and that was really startling, um, because there are tons of adverse effects to that. And then she's going, well, shoot, am I even going to be able to be around for my kids? Um, so we talked about how, uh, restrictions in the upper cervical spine have a direct impact on headaches. We also talked about dietary triggers and did some food sensitivity testing with her on that. And, um, between her first and second exam, which was within a month, um, she was down to only having a headache every couple of weeks and said that she felt like she could be present with her children again. And, um, that that was really the greatest gift that she could have. That's amazing. Wow. That's, that's so amazing. I love hearing stories about that. That's so fulfilling for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, as a absolutely. doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I just think this is so enlightening because it, it, it's amazing to me how the body is so connected to everything that's oh going my gosh. on. You know, like with the headaches, like, you know, when I hear people having headaches, my, my mind does not just go to, okay, go see a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. But like now I feel like it will, that that'll be one of the things I think about, you know, when someone tells me that they're getting chronic headaches or whatever, yeah. like yeah. maybe you should see a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also, um, it's frustrating, you know, I, I wish that everybody thought chiropractic was a first line of defense, but, um, you know, that's not really typical. And it's really satisfying to me when people come in and they've tried so many other things and they're sort of at their wits end. And then just simply allowing the body to um, work the way that it was intended to and allowing the nervous system to do its job uh, can really take care of things that have been overcomplicated. 
And, you know, if you don't mind me asking, you mentioned that the woman that your patient did food sensitivity testing. Mm. Do you want to touch on that just for a minute? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so I personally feel like we have a significant percentage of, um, disease processes in this country that can be managed with diet. And I think, um, it's really an undervalued, um, area of expertise, but anyway, um, when you go for a traditional allergy test, um, they are going to test for one specific type of reaction called a type one hypersensitivity reaction. So essentially you eat the food and then you have an immediate response, whether that's hives or anaphylaxis, you know, which is obviously very extreme. But there are three other type of cascades that happen in the body that are called delayed onset reactions. And they're really tough because first of all, they're not tested in traditional allergy tests. They will be tested if you go to um, like a naturopathic doctor. But um, the trouble with them is that first of all, they can take up to 48 hours post-exposure to show. Um, and the symptoms can be so variable. So for some people, it will be traditional, you know, like indigestion, heartburn, diarrhea, constipation, that type of thing. But it can also vary from headaches to eczema, psoriasis, um, you know, just so many other things, pain and as well. Um, and so it's really hard to say, I ate this thing two days ago and then I had a headache or I ate this thing two days ago and now I'm having this breakout of cystic acne um, or eczema, right? And so um, just because you don't have an anaphylactic response to something doesn't mean that your body inherently likes it. So um, while there are certainly much more in-depth tests uh, with naturopaths and such that you can do to assess these, Uh, sort of a nice first step is the way that we do them in the clinic. And that's just with applied kinesiology, which essentially is just muscle testing. And so what we do is we test for a strong muscle, and then we have a hundred different homeopathically prepared foods that we put in contact with the body. And when you put those in contact with the body, if there's something that your body inherently doesn't like, it just causes momentary confusion in the nervous system and a previously strong muscle will go weak. And I find this fascinating. That's how I initially um, found you. Yes. Brianna, right? And so I came in for that testing and then I've had, you know, two of my kids do the same testing and I I got retested again and I've done other IgG forms of food sensitivity testing, but it it is fascinating and it's, you know, is it a hundred percent accurate? No, but nothing is. Right. None of these tests really are. Um, and it's funny because lentils is always a food that I'm like, oh, am I sensitive or not? And I do like to eat them. Um, and I remember I, when I just got tested again recently, I was in what was a couple months, a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, no, sorry, lentils showed up. And it's like, <laughs> you, you kind of know it, but it validates yeah. what you're, when you really listen to your body, you mm-hmm. know, if you pay attention to what you eat and you're mindful about it, you kind of know what foods maybe don't agree with you. Right. Um, and it's well, just very, it's quick and it's very painless. It's not invasive. Yeah. And it's a good first line of. And I think that's exactly right. It's a great, I just was on the phone with um, a person who read an article about it that I wrote for our newsletter and she has had quite a road and is just fed up. And I um, actually referred her to the naturopath who I refer to, but she's like, well, would it be a good, at least first step to come in? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, let's start. Listen, if we can do this silly little test, and cut one or two things out and it makes a dramatic difference, like great. And if, you know, if we do it and we're not getting where we need to, then um, it's also my sort of 
professional philosophy that it's also my job to get you to somebody who can help you further. So that's why I like to have a nice little network of people um, who I can send my, my patients to as well. And Stephanie and I actually offer the functional medicine lab testing as well. We offer awesome. um, food sensitivity testing and gut health testing and a whole slew of other functional medicine lab yeah. tests. Yeah. Well, and I could yes. talk about the impact of gut health for days. So I love that you guys <laughs> do that so much. <laughs> well, I know that's just something that you talk about and it's a value of your clinic and the supplements that you have in there mm-hmm. and some of the other high quality products just... Um, it really just puts a nice bow on everything that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's not just to come in for your maintenance check or an adjustment. Mm-hmm. It's let's talk about all the areas of your health and wellness and Definitely. your values and your goals like you started out. So, yeah. Um, well, we love leaving our listeners with just some like simple tips or strategies. And I know you've kind of peppered a few things yeah. in that they can immediately implement into their lives. So what would be some tips for someone who may be interested in exploring chiropractic care or just in general, you know, maybe it's reducing stress or some of the other topics that we touched on today. Yeah. Um, so, well, first of all, if they're interested in exploring chiropractic and they live in the twin cities area, um, I'm always happy to just have a conversation with people. So, um, coming in for an initial consult and exam, you know, that it's not locking you into anything. You're not, you know, like I don't have you in my grips at that point. So, um, I'm always happy to come in and and even if you don't want to have the full um, exam and you just want to have a conversation, I am always happy to start there. Um, I think, I think reducing stress and that's, it's such a big topic, but, um, finding small ways to reduce stress, um, I think can actually make a big impact. And I guess what I would say is when I break down the mental, chemical and physical area, I think, um, physical is one of the harder ones to approach just because we all have physical demands at our jobs. Um, and I also think mental stress can be really hard to break down uh, because we all have to pay our bills and we all have relationships. Um, So I think chemical stress, what we're putting into our body, dietary changes, I think there are really small things that you can make, changes that you can make in your diet that can have a huge impact. I think making sure that you're getting enough hydration is one of the single simplest things that you could do. And I tell people have a water bottle at your desk because if it's there, you'll drink it. And if it's not, you won't. Um, and side side by side with that is I think if there's one thing that you could do dietarily is that if you're a soda drinker to cut that out, um, which could be another topic to go on forever. Um, but then also one of the things that I love talking about in terms of reducing mental stress, and it sounds so trite and so simple, but, um, practicing daily gratitude, I think is huge. And it sounds again, so simple, but there are actually studies out there that show that there are chemical differences that occur in the body by just practicing daily gratitude, um, measure lower measurable levels of cortisol in the body by just acknowledging what it is we're grateful for. Um, it stimulates the same part of that nervous system, the parasympathetics that are the brake pedal that we talked about, um, that allow us to downregulate and slow down. So, um, hydrating, cutting soda out of your diet and practicing gratitude are probably your three simplest things. Love that. And those are all free. And yes. Actually, you'll yes. save money if you cut soda yes. out of your diet. Right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. 
So thank you for sharing those. Yes. And where can people find you? And I know you also have a special offer for our listeners. Yes. So we are located in Minnetonka right off of 494 and Highway 7, right next to the general store. So that's the biggest marker that people tend to know. Um, the easiest thing is to go onto our website, which is thrivechiromn.com. Um, and you can get our phone number there. You can actually, there's a direct link to book a new patient exam right there. Um, or if you want to give our clinic a call with any questions, we are always happy to answer that. And um, we are offering basically our, our best intro offer to your listeners that we have ever offered, which is the opportunity to come in for a full consult exam and x-rays, including their first adjustment for $25. So if they just mentioned this podcast, they'll be able to get that whole bundle for $25. Well, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. So Brianna, this has been such an enlightening conversation. We know our listeners are going to take away so much from it. Um, And one final question as we wrap up this conversation that we love to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? It just means functioning in a way that allows me to be able to do the things that bring me the most joy. So um, being rested and clear-headed enough to engage with the people in my life who I love because that brings me the most amount of joy and having a body that allows me to move and exercise because that allows me to reduce my stress and be happy as well. So just being able to do the things that feed my soul the most. Mm, Love Love that. that. Beautiful. Very concise. Thank you, you look like you're calm and glowing and <laughs> yes. relaxed. So. Well, that's very kind. So you're yes. living it out. You're living it out very well. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been so fun having you on today. I learned a lot. And even though I've known you for a long time, I took a lot away from this conversation. So, so great to spend time with you both. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.